This is why Jeff, Jeff Bezos is so rich, bro. Jeff, <laughs> Jeff, Bez, Jeff, Jeff Bez, Bezos, whatever his name is, is eating tonight. Five years or so, he's going to be a trillionaire. I'm not surprised. That's all I've been wasting my money on. Do you know how deep a trillionaire is? That's a million millions. That's, that's, imagine a suitcase with a million pounds times a million. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's something that's impossible. Impossible. It's time to enjoy with no distractions, no sudden ringtones, no talking. So sit back, relax, and switch off from the outside world. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the City Social Podcast. As you know, we go by the name of CSG. I go by the name of CT. Again, I will let my co-host introduce himself. Hi, guys. Thanks for tuning in again for our second one. I go by the name of H. We hope you enjoyed our first podcast. Um, CT, do you, do you want to perhaps tell them what the topic is? Yeah, it was a difficult one, but today's topic is in respects to whether one needs to go to university or not, or pursue further mm. education or not. And I think this mm. topic is a controversial one, but I think yeah. it's one that we need to have because I have my two cents and I want to speak about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, you know, as we've told our, our listeners from the outset, you know, we are one of the key things we will be exploring throughout our podcast is careers. And, you know, the, the decision of whether to go to uni or not to go can be so integral to someone's career. So I think even though it is a controversial one, it's a very important topic, isn't it? It's, um, it's, it's, very, it's very important. And I think as well, one thing that we need to mention, and I think consider, is the fact that all of this also depends on your background on your, and, and your beliefs. So mm. whether that's your beliefs and background come directly from your family, that yeah. could also be influential on whether you want to pursue further education or not. Well, speaking from, a, from an African background, I essentially had no choice but to go to university. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it's, it, it's very well known and I can relate to that. In, in African families, it, you go to uni or you're a disgrace. <laughs> oh, you're, you're, finished. You're, you're, you're finished. You're finished. You end you're up in McDonald's. <laughs> But yeah, no, you, you are completely right. I think it is. There's the illusion of choice for many people. A lot of people, especially from, you know, minority background, there is that additional pressure to do it because, you know, your parents grew up in an era where university was the only choice. Mm. Um, not saying that that is the case today, but that, that there is that illusion of choice uh, with, you know, people from migrant backgrounds. Um, but you, you know, how, how about you, CT? What was your reason, minus the parental influence, as to why you decided to go to uni? To be completely honest with you, I I do not come from an academic background per se. I mean, I was the first person to go to university in my family and to eventually graduate. So in that sense, I think I was lucky, unfortunate enough that I went to a very good college, well, sixth form. Um, and then from there, I kind of fell into law. <laughs> um, mm. I mean, I was good at writing and mm. I was good at sports. 
And I knew by that time I, w- I wasn't going to make it as a professional footballer. Unfortunately, it was my knee. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but I was waiting for that excuse. <laughs> yeah, but I knew I wasn't going to make it in sports, and I had to make a decision. And at that time mm-hmm. as well, I like I said, I did not come from an academic background, so I couldn't go back to my parents and say, "Hey, guys, could you please help me decide what I should do with my future?" Because mm-hmm. you know, for them, I mean, my mother's first generational immigrant and you know came to his country working in in in, in jobs like cleaning and stuff like that mm. so you know she wasn't very academic like that but you know she was she's a smart woman so mm. i had to make that decision by myself and luckily i had a very good um law lecturer who told me mm. that i remember asking him i said could you can you make money from doing law going to court and wearing wigs and he was like you can, but you have to be exceptional. And I said, mm. well, I'm not exceptional, but I need a career. <laughs> so it was like, you know, and he, he yeah. told me straight up, he said, you never know. You never know what, what you end up doing. Um, and, I, and at that time, I remember watching a lot of TV shows and seeing barristers wearing wigs and whatnot. Mm. I told myself, I'd love to do that. Um, mm. I'd love to do that. But at that time, I used to think barristers were just people who work in coffee shops. Mm. Um, until obviously I'd done a lot of background research. And then from there, I just knew that in order for me to become a barrister, um, this thing that I Googled, I needed to go and do law. But mm. in hindsight, and as you, you well know, that you do not have to study law to do law. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I think, I, yeah. And I think a lot of people who perhaps have parents or friends in the industry would have known that from day one. And mm. Unfortunately, I didn't. So I'm not saying I didn't enjoy law, but I feel like perhaps mm. I could have studied something else and eventually still, um, still enjoy uh, my legal career. Um, mm. but yeah, I, th- I think that, that was my journey. Um, a very good lecturer. I enjoy studying law and I felt like the natural um, step to take was to go and study law at university to become a lawyer mm. uh, but obviously later on and do more research like like i mentioned i quickly realized that actually i didn't need to study law well i needed to go to university but i didn't need to study law so yeah mm. what, what, what about yourself see for, for me it's kind of a similar journey but uh slightly long-winded in the sense of you know for as far back as i can remember i was the class clown you know, I was the guy that did not take education seriously whatsoever. I can tell, I can tell. I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> and then I ended up, you know, very similar to you. I did law for A-level, a great lecturer. You know, absolutely fell in love with the course and, you know, could see myself doing it. Um, I'm not going to lie and say the main reason I applied for uni was because of my intense passion for the course. There was also the, you know, the need for that freedom and, you know, can't deny how, how big a factor that plays into most people's reasoning to go to uni, that, that ability to spread your wings and move away from, from the nest. Um, and, you know, it was whilst I was, u- I was at uni and going through it, I actually, you know, fully fell in love with the course, could see myself doing it, put my mind to it and, you know, pursued, uh, pursued the career. But I, I think you made a really interesting, uh, interesting point uh, earlier when you were speaking about it. I think that distinction between specialist careers and non-specialist careers mm. is one that somebody has to consider while decide, when deciding whether to go to uni or not. Because there are some professions where you absolutely need to go to uni. Um, thankfully, law 
it, I mean, l- law is kind of not one because you can still do an apprenticeship, uh, even though it's very long-winded, and end up ultimately slightly later becoming uh, a lawyer. But for example, if you want to be a doctor, yeah, you've got to go. You've got to go. Go. You've got to jump through the hoops. You've got to do all those mandated years, etc. And I think for those particular professions, if you've made up your mind and you think this is what I want to do, then that there is no denying the fact that in, in those circumstances you have to go to uni. Right. But I would argue I would argue that for most professions it's right. It's not really that directly relevant. I mean it is relevant. You learn a lot of transferable skills. I think but I would thing, argue that it's not necessary. Yeah. I think one thing I'll 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 add on to this discussion is that look, to be brutally honest with you, if you want to get into an academic sector whether that's medicine Mm. whether that's law whether that's Mm. engineering accounting banking so and so Mm. to some extent you need to have a very good academic background that's the bottom line there's no Mm. there's no ifs and buts about it yeah so in that sense if you've identified from an early stage that those are the sectors that you want to enter into that mm. you need to make the decision or do the necessary research to realize that perhaps I do need to go to university or pursue further education if these mm. are the sectors that I want to work in. Now, yeah. I'm not saying straight from college, go ahead and do medicine. Some people can't do medicine. Mm. But what I'm saying is, if you were to do your research then perhaps you would realize that, yes, this is the next step I want to take. Because there's nothing worse. I mean, I've met people during, during university who have been forced to go to, I won't say forced to go to university, because like you, you mentioned, going to university mm. was essentially spreading your wings and just enjoying freedom. I remember mm. my first, what, freshers? I absolutely love freshers. I didn't want to come home. Um, yeah. But, yeah. I think there's nothing worse than going to university and studying the wrong course for three yeah. or two years. Yeah. I, th- I think it's pointless. And like I, like I was saying earlier, these decisions sometimes come directly from parents or people around a student and influential people around them that make them do certain subjects and whatnot. But mm-hmm. what I would say is that if you are going to go to university, make sure you're doing something that you enjoy. Mm. I mean, because uh, as we both know, it can be hard. It can be very difficult on all aspects in, in terms of the work that's demanded of you, from you, you know, being away from your family and friends, the mm. financial difficulties, mm. cultural barriers. It, it can be challenging, you know. And, and yes, the freshers may be fun. Yes, the weekends may be fun. But it, it does require a lot of hard, hard, hard work. And you've got to ultimately ask yourself whether, you know, it's for you and if it's what you want. <laughs> I'm not just do it for the sake of I have a degree. <laughs> Definitely, and I'm thinking back. Thinking back, I remember when I was I was set enough to go to university, and then my, mm. I remember my mother handed me hundred pound, and this this hundred pound was meant to last me for two months, three months. <laughs> I remember she handed me hundred pounds, and then she told yeah. me, everybody goes to university, everybody mm. can get a two one, mm. not everybody can get a first. Yeah. So that was the pressure that I was going into. into. And bear in mind, like you mentioned, it's a cultural shock. Every, you know, everybody yeah. knew there's so much pressure 
I had my mm. mother back home expecting me to come back with great, with amazing grades um, when I was just going to university because it was a natural step to take and I wanted to just escape. Um, I just want to escape home and just enjoy myself. But yeah, mm. that's, that, those are also things to consider. I mean, I'm, I'm not telling you to go to university and, and strive for a first. Definitely strive for a first. Let me not lie. Strive mm. for a first. But mm. also enjoy, enjoy it. Um, make friends just make sure you try to get yourself a two-one and if you don't it's not the end of the world it's um, not, yeah but just make sure that it's the right choice that you're making um mm. i was going to say as well so, sorry so what ahead. would you say what would you say the benefits are you know for those who are listening the benefits of uni i think we've touched on some of those you know independence uh ability to go into specialty jobs mm-hmm. you, before before we move on you know what are the benefits do you think they are for, for those who decide to go to uni? Well, I think personally, the first benefit is that you're going through a very hard period. So whether that's mm. three years, four years, six years, is a very demanding mm. period. And if you, mm. come out, if, you come out, if you come out of that, you will be a well-rounded individual. Yeah. Second of all, you'll be learning depending obviously on the institution that you attend um, some, some, some difficult subjects, but rewarding subjects. Um, yeah. Another benefit would be you're meeting new people. You're making new friends. Mm-hmm. You're experiencing different experiences that you've never experienced before. Mm-hmm. I just used the word experience three times there. <laughs> Bingo. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and finally, I think at the end of it, it gives you more opportunities and I say this with a pinch of salt, it gives you more opportunities in the, in a career market. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like before we, you know, we delve into the intricacies of uni life, you know, whether the uni goes to, you go to matter, etc. I feel like we should also, you know, consider the other side yeah. of yeah. those who decide not to go to uni. Correct. So, you know, for example, me personally, you know, I am, in my mid-twenties and, you know, I, I'm just reaching that stage of in my career as a junior where I'm progressing and, you know, getting used to what's going on. Whereas I have friends who from the age of 18, you know, went into apprenticeships, even though going to uni seen as the ultimate pinnacle of success, you know, some of, some of these friends of mine that have houses, they have cars, they're, they're settled into their career, they're in managerial roles. Tell me about it. Yeah, there, there is something to be said for those who, you know, for, for the option of not going to uni. Oh, 100%. And I think I have friends as well who left um, high school and said, look, CT, I'm not going to college. I'm not going to university. I'm going to work because academically, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying they, they weren't great academically, I mean, they, they got the mm. necessary GCSEs, but they just said, this education thing isn't for me. I can go ahead and make mm. money straight away. And some of them did. And like you mentioned, I have friends now, I mean, I have a friend who's back home, who's, who, who lives back home up north, who he owns his own um, construction business. Mm. He has, he's, how old is he? He's in his mid-twenties. He has mm. six vans. His company turns over close to three hundred to four hundred k a year. He has he has his own his own house. He has a, he has a car. So it's kind of like yeah. he's happy. He lives in a city, mm. Manchester. He lives in a city. He's mm. happy. Um, 
and he didn't go to university. Mm. So that goes. So, so, so it, 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 you, you are right. It's not the be or end all. I think it's you know ultimately falls down to each person and what their preferred style is. You know, I think university ultimately is an academic choice, and if you know academics are not your, it, it aren't your strong area. But let me uh, let me interrupt you there. Let me interrupt you. There. Yeah. Sorry. Mm. I feel like forty thirty years ago. University mm. was an academic choice. Mm. Now, in 2020, I feel like university is simply the next step to take in, 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 in someone's life after college. Because the amount of uni- universities out there, mm. anybody can, can go to university. Yeah. Now, yeah. my controversial opinion. Mm. Other countries out there, for example, France, in which university is a massive step to take, and their system mm. is great in a sense that they identify or you identify as an individual and your parents whether you're good enough to pursue higher education. Mm. And if mm. you are, then the government pays for your education if you, pass, mm. if you pass the tests. However, if you're not, then the government pushes you to study um, vocational schemes or BTECs and stuff like that, which will allow you mm. to do things that are practical. And I mm. think that's the correct thing to take because in England, for example, you have a lot of people who have no interest whatsoever in the course that they're doing. Then they're not mm. academic per se. They're just going to university because their friends are going. Yeah. When I, think, I, su- I, I suppose I think, you know, that, that, that boils down in a way to the commercialization of uni in the UK in a way. It's just if, you know, if it gets to the stage where everyone's paying, which it has, everyone's paying 9K, etc., and it just becomes this machine, this, you know, this advertising machine and convincing Global people machine. to go to uni, Massive. then you can end up in, you know, in a situation like that where people are almost being brainwashed into doing it without even being suitable for it. So I think that similar in this day and age, and especially in this country, that's, sorry, kind of, what we, that's, that's kind of similar to getting a mortgage, but let me not speak because I will get in big trouble. That's for another day. That discussion. That's a topic for another day. Yeah. <laughs> but sorry. Uh, yeah. So I think it's, it's, it's definitely important to stop and think and make sure that you're not just doing it just because everyone else is doing it. And to kind of consider that because if you, you know, if you go and you hate it and you have a terrible time, even if you leave after one year, that's 9K you've paid that you're not going to gain back. So but, it, it's very important to take that consideration. But H, but H, yeah. I feel like in terms of university, we can no longer speak about the debts that students get themselves into because to be perfectly honest with you, the majority of students do not intend to pay back. Yeah, that's true. They do not, yeah. they do not envisage, envisage themselves earning above a certain threshold to even consider paying back both mm. so again mm. it falls back into that rabbit hole in the sense that university is simply the next step to take mm. it's, it's not it's, it's not something that i want to do but because everyone else is doing it and i get student loan why not i mean i can mm. use it, i can use that student loan and get myself a nice car finance i'm not going to pay mm. that <laughs> exactly but so, so so do you think it, it can impact your earning potential I'm going, to let, I'm, going, I'm going to let you answer that first. <laughs> so, I mean, just, just off a, you know, a basic Google search of, you know, the 20 highest paid jobs in the UK right now, you know, for example, 
CFOs, uh, executives, can you, can you explain uh, orthodontists. Can you explain CFO is? is? CFO is chief financial officer of um, any company. So, it, and that also encompasses any other executive roles, such as you know CEOs who are chief executive officers. Uh, basically, the people who run the companies, the Jeff Bezos, uh, the Zuckerbergs of the world. Where the, um, is, the real money. Where the real money is. Arguably, you know, that, that came up as one of the highest paying jobs. Arguably, you don't need uni for that. As you said, your friend is, you know, an executive of a company they run. You know, if you decide to be an entrepreneur, you, you don't necessarily need that. Yeah. Uh, but, co- you know, continuing, uh, brokers... So that's, you know, bank brokers uh, who, who basically facilitate uh, the purchase or selling of financial assets, you know, stocks, shares. Arguably, yeah, for, the, for, for that particular career, yes, you do need a degree. Uh, marketing directors, not necessarily pilot and flight engineers, yes. Investment bankers and lawyers, yes. Um, so I, as you could tell, there's a mix, 50-50, you know, yeah. Even though those are, you know, the top 10 paying jobs, it's not as clear cut as they're all jobs that either need a degree or that they're all jobs that don't need a degree. Within that list, you didn't mention football. Though. So I think it was the right decision yeah. for you not to pursue that career because it's not, it's not even in the top 10. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that's just considered outside the realms of possibility oh, right. for most. Okay, okay. <laughs> as you know, with your injured knee. Okay, uh, that's fine. <laughs> No, no uh, <laughs> but regardless, I think it's so to, uh, to answer your question, I don't think it necessarily affects your earning potential. Uh, I think it can boost it if you go into certain white collar jobs. So, you know, jobs like lawyers, accountants, bankers, etc. cetera. Uh, but I, I don't think it necessarily does increase or significantly increase your earning potential. Mm. What do you think? Um, I think to some extent it can. And I think, like you mentioned, if you were to go in white collar careers, whether that's finance, mm. law, accounting, banking, etc., cetera, then it, 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 it does play a role. But there's other professions out there, which, for example, technology or IT and, and stuff like that, where people can, can learn these skills on the job mm. and progress through their career without ever needing a degree. Mm. Um, and sometimes earn double what these people in white-collar jobs do. And that's where a lot of people become miserable because they're saying, look, I put myself through the worst six years, of, I won't say worst six years, but difficult mm. six or four years of education. Mm. And this guy here who wears short sleeves to work He's earning double what I earn. What's going on here? Yeah, um, yeah. I, that's why it has to be seen as almost a gamble. You shouldn't see it as the ticket. Yeah, it used it's to not be. the ticket. It's no you can't be entitled and think, I have this, therefore I have this. You almost have to see it as a gamble. It's a gamble. You know, I have friends that did you know, exceptionally well in highly well-regarded degrees and who are still struggling to find jobs. And, you know, I have friends who either didn't perform as well in their degree or didn't even do a degree and they're doing better than them. So it's, it's, there's, it is a gamble in a way. And I think then, I think then, as, as opposed to saying the word gamble, 
I would mm. say that nowadays, getting a degree, it, it doesn't, it means, it means something to you. Should, you, should, you should pat yourself on the back, but it mm. does not guarantee you a higher salary or a job. The reason I say that is because, unlike you mentioned, there's many people out there who have fantastic degrees from fantastic institutions, but three years post-graduation, um, they're still struggling to get a job with that degree. Um, the reason for that, mm. because I think we might pick up on this later on, it comes down as well to connections. My friend who, like I mentioned, has his own company and is doing well for himself, he's all, he always said to me, if you have good connections, if you make good connections, if you mm. get yourself out there, if you continu continuously pursue your goals and objectives, eventually, with a bit of luck, you will get where you want to be. Mm. And bear in mind, this is without a degree. So now, if yeah. you have a degree, like thousands of people out there, you need to find a way to distinguish yourself from that crowd. Mm. And that's where, that's where the trick is. Mm. And, uh, and uh, to be honest, in the defense of uh, universities uh, and linking it to that point that you mentioned about connections, yeah. I do feel like universities do give you, you know, significant opportunities to network and meet with people who, you know, meet with the people in the know and basically get to be exposed to whatever industry you want to go to. Right. So that's not saying that you can't end up get, gaining those connections or exposure outside the university, mm -hmm. but it, it's almost handed to you on a platter whilst right. you're at university. Right. So it, right. in the defense of universities, universities, it's not just what they teach you. They do hand you almost on a platter, you know, these career events, these people who come down and speak, etc. So you do gain that certain level of connection, uh, connectivity to to people who ultimately matter, decision makers. Yeah, I'm glad you I'm glad you brought that up because then this leads perfectly to a next discussion that we were mm. going to, to to speak about. Now you said mm. that university allows you to to have these connections on a platter if you apply yourself mm. essentially, but mm. then one could argue that it depends on the university that you're at because mm. there are many universities out there i won't say any names but with a bit of research you will see that mm. there are many universities out there that have connections within the city they have connections with yeah. jobs and um, many companies choose to go and visit those universities due to mm. their position on said leaderboards however mm. if you contrast that to i don't know let's say a small university down. I don't want to say names. <laughs> I don't want to yeah. say names. No, 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 no. But I, 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 yeah. if, if, you compare, if you compare a big London university mm. and, and you compare a university, let's say in the Midlands, for example, mm. okay, I can assure you that the university in the in Midlands does not mm. attract the lights of these corporate giants, your so-called... Um, big banks, your so-called big mm. law firms, your so-called medical practitioners and, mm. and blah, blah, blah. So then in terms of these opportunities for these network, for the networking events and getting your face out there, they're very limited unless you're someone that's proactive who goes to yeah. um, this university in the Midlands that's not, not as big. 
unless you're someone that's proactive and goes out there and tries to meet these people and reaches out to them on LinkedIn and follows them, mm. you're not going to get those opportunities, unfortunately. Whereas yeah. if you were at these big, bigger universities in London or a bit out of London, again, I don't want to say names, mm-hmm. uh, then these companies come to you and you can sit back yeah. in your unidorm, receive an email and you attend. <laughs> yeah. But I, I also think it's not just as simple as, you know, geographic proximity. I, I, I think there's a few other filters which we can apply or, you know, prospective uni students can apply to try and choose which is the best uni for them. A, in terms of, you know, connections and also in terms of teaching. Uh, quality so you know for example you, you you can also filter it in terms of you know top 10 ranked unis top 50 ranked unis uh you know as per all types of league tables that you can find very easily on the internet and i think you you know linking to your point you would find more connections with these big corporates with these you know big, big employers at the top unis than you would uh, arguably find in the lower ones Right. And, you know, I think an interesting debate that's still pertaining to this day is whether it matters, for example, whether you go to a Russell Group Uni or a non-Russell Group Uni. And hey, for those listening, what's a Russell Group mm-hmm. University? Yeah, so Russell Group U- Universities are a set of universities that were established in, I believe, 1700s. I'm not quite sure on the time, but it was ba- it's this almost elite club of universities uh, that basically assembled and said, look, you know, we have shared values on, you know, the quality of teaching, on connections, etc. So we, we're going to basically assemble as this, uh, this group of unis. So you, you, you should be able to Google them, um, Russell Group unis. Basically the Avengers. Uh, yeah, basically the Avengers, yes. So, so it includes all the big universities you've heard of. Um, interestingly, members of the Russell Group do not change at all. So even if you have 10 years, 20 years, where one uni, which is in a Russell Group uni, outperforms another Russell Group uni, mm. there isn't any sort of change where they're substituted and one comes in. So you almost have to take it with a pinch of salt because this was predetermined yeah. hundreds of years yeah. ago and that inherent bias towards seeing mm. them as elite has almost kept them elite uh, despite any actual quantitative and statistical uh, evidence backing them as being elite but despite any arguments about whether they're actually elite or not i would argue that there is a bias from employers who do see them as elite that's very true uh, so yeah, I, I, I mean, CT, what do you think? Do you, would you argue that it's important for potential applicants to go to a Russell Group Uni or non-Russell Group Uni? What, what's your view? Look, I think, I'll give you an example. If you follow football or any sports, essentially what H is saying is that if you have a top six, what you need to call a top six or a top four, mm. <laughs> then those will be your Russell Groups. And anyone yeah. outside that, is done. No, I, no, no, no. But let, 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 me be, let me be serious here. It's important to go to a Russell group. Mm. I think, in my opinion, it's ideal because there's quite a lot of bias there in a the sense mm. that despite the stats, despite all the numbers 
but show and prove that some universities outside of the so-called Russell groups, mm. I should say, are outperforming them. Many Russell groups still rely on this label to push them forward, despite mm. the fact that these non-Russell groups are performing well and the students are scoring very highly and the students are going on to secure very good jobs. So mm. I think in an ideal world, there won't be such a distinction. But mm. the reality is that we do have this distinction. And unfortunately, many employers at so-called top firms do look at this distinction and they assume, whether that's wrong or right, they assume that students who attend these Russell groups end up perhaps being better at their jobs than people who did not attend a Russell group. Mm. Now, mm. that's not my opinion, but that's what's mm -hmm. out there. So, I mean, statistically, the statistics do back you. Uh, I mean, if you look at some of the top, top, top employers and you look at the percentage of graduates they have who are Russell group versus non-Russell group, then the statistics do back your point, even if, you know, perhaps it's not the moral view and then not necessarily a point that we agree with. But statistically, you can't argue with it that there is a predominant bi a bias in recruitment for predominantly Russell Group unis. Yeah, and I think one thing I'll, I'll add on to that as well. If you can get yourself... Because, look, if you can't beat them, you might as well join them. Mm. That's, what, that's, that's the bottom line. If you can't it beat is. them, you might as well join them. And so if mm. you can join them, then by all means, try your best to join them. But unfortunately, mm. things happen and some people do not perform on certain days and there's mitigating circumstances and things happen. So if you do not perform and don't end up going to one of these roster groups, then by, by all means, it's not the end of the world, but you should mm. obviously get your head down and still perform. Mm. Um, but yeah, if you... I mean, I, I would even argue against the perform point because, you know, not naming names, there are definitely some non-Russell groups with higher entry requirements than uh, some non-Russell group unis so with higher entry requirements. So when you say higher entry requirements, give me an example. So, for example, Lancaster University, very, very, very respected university, especially in the legal uh, sphere, uh, very respected, has requires, I'm not sure on their entry requirements, but you definitely need to do really well in your A-levels in order to get in. Yeah. And, you know, not naming names, that's, if you look at the whole Russell groups, there are quite a few unis which, for example, don't compare on the same level as, you know, Lancaster or the University of Leicester. So I, I think it's, it's not necessarily down to performance, but yes, I do agree with your point that if you know there's this bias and you know the statistics, you know, show clearly that this bias exists you know play the game to a certain extent and uh, but th th that's only if you envision yourself working for, for one of these big employers we should also caution that like these st statistics tend to come from you know the big employers the big fours legal but bank. but a lot of these smaller employers and these new entrants are being very cheeky the reason i say they're being very cheeky because even then, they're asking for a candidate to have a degree and for a candidate to have attended, quote, respectable university. And mm. bottom line is, they're not even paying a fraction of what these big employers are paying. Now, if mm -hmm. these big corporates are asking you to go to 
quote, respectful university and, mm. you know, you've gained some good A-levels and a good degree, then fair enough because sometimes they're paying you a lot of money. Yeah. So I think I can understand them to an extent, but these other employers who are not paying you close to what these guys are paying, asking you to have a degree, have this, have that. And look, I think, I think they're playing the game. They're looking around yeah. and seeing that the market is very, very competitive and they know that they'll be able to still get or attract very good candidates, even though they pay very low. Mm. Mm. And as, if, I was an, if I was an employer, I would also play the game because why not? Why can't I attract a very good candidate who managed to get herself a good first-class degree from a respectful mm. university, but because the market's so competitive, he or she cannot get into these big firms. So mm. I think they're going to come to us and we can yeah. achieve that. Yeah, completely. Completely, yeah. I, I mean, also linking on to that, another point that I think was meant to flag this earlier, but it's, it's only just come back to me. I think even though it's, it's, it's important to take into consideration these, you know, historical elitist universities and, you know, the top 50 traditional universities, I think it's also important for our listeners to know that for some specialist courses, you know, for example, if you want to be a dentist, if you want to be a vet, you, the number one uni for that particular specialty could be a uni that falls outside the top 10 of general universities. So I think it's good to look at a university as a whole, mm. but also look at how the university performs for your specific industry. Uh, that's, that, that's a very, very important consideration uh, that I would recommend. And I, I, I mean, I would also say as well, linking back to the earlier point we said about, you know, connections. Before you pick your uni, you know, kind of a rough Google search to, to see how many other, how many employers turn up, you know, go to their career fairs, for example. So if you type in the uni and you type in career fairs or something, you should be able to see the list of employers who are going there. And I think that that's also a very good indicator because it, a healthy uni should be one that has plenty of uh, big corporates, big employers attending the open yeah. fairs. So I, I think even though there, there, there are those distinctions with Russell Group, top 50s, take them with a pinch of salt and don't just take them at face value. Yeah. And even... A quick search on LinkedIn. Let's say you wanted to work for a big company, for example, or a specific company yeah. close to your heart. A quick yeah. search on LinkedIn for that company will come up with some of their, of their stuff. You can then click those individuals and perhaps just roughly get a quick idea of, of the type of universities that they attended. Mm. And you could then begin to see the type of people that this employer likes to higher however yeah do take that with a pinch of salt because even if there's a pattern there um, in respects to who this em employer keeps employing it might not matter because everybody's different you could be a set yeah. regardless of what you attend where you attended so don't look at that and think oh all these people attended so-and-so university i'm attending this university or i've applied mm -hmm. these universities i have no chance no 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 I think what I'm trying to say is that do your research, but then also mm. back yourself. Yeah, completely. And I think even, especially nowadays, we've been 
you know, graduate recruitment teams and just general big corporates that are hiring, there is this, you know, awareness now that this bias did use, well, exists for Russell Group and they're trying to actively, you know, get rid of that bias. So there are movements towards, um, you know, more exposure in non-Russell Group unis and trying to actively rebalance their distribution of Russell Group's uni students versus non-Russell Group uni students. But yeah, there is that awareness, but just consider all the factors, you know, consider the historical bias, consider um, if there's, you know, any specialty knowledge going on anywhere. Um, But yeah, there's just a wide range of considerations to take into account. Mm. So then, H, I'm going to ask you a bold question here. Yeah. If you had to choose, if you were to go back to sixth form or college and you had a choice to pick a Russell group or a non-Russell group, what... Is this what, assuming I'm still in the same, still in the same industry? Uh, yes. What are your first steps in terms of what, what's the first thing you're going to do? Well, are you going to research? Are you going to just accept the first thing that comes to you? Or like you said, are you going to see where these guys line up on the table in respect to the, the, the industry you want to get into and the, and, and the degree mm-hmm. that you want to study? And what, what, what are your first steps before you decide which, which route to take? Right. Before, I t- before I tell my first steps, you know, I, I, I've just remembered a funny anecdote that I must share. Interestingly, the first time I found out about Russell Group Unis and what they were, was six months into my first term in a Russell Group University. So for, <laughs> for me, I had no awareness, right? It's the same thing you said, which is, you know, unless you have people who tell you these differences, you don't know. So for me, my, my time in a Russell Group uni, University was almost accidental. I just said this, you know, this reference of Russell Group Unis and decided to Google it, and I was like, oh, you know, my university's in there. <laughs> I think I was similar. I, exactly. So it, it's, it, it was only until I started my first year that I started, I remember speaking to my housemate, and I, I went to him, so what other new universities did you apply for? And he was like, um, I applied for Warwick, I applied for Durham, and I applied to this university. And I was yeah. like, in my head, I was thinking, what the hell is UCL? Where the yeah. hell is Durham? Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and just knowledge like that, like he had this knowledge of all these universities mm. before even attending. The only universities I knew were the ones that were waved in front of my face. Yeah. So I was kind the of ones that your friends go to or the ones that are nearby. It, 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 it yeah. is that it's knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. And, you know, I would advise to any listeners listening right, right now, that ability to research and find out which one is a best for your particular career choice and also you know b one that fits all your criteria going in with a perfect fit university like that will sort you out but going back to your answer knowing all i know now and in my and if i was going back in the same industry that i'm currently in now yeah i will admit that i would go for a russell group university i think there is looking at my particular intake you're a traitor (laughs) I mean, looking, for example, at my particular intake uh, of other fellow graduates where I work, even though there are some, you know, non-Russell Group students, it's predominantly Russell Group students. And 
you know, if you look at Russell Group unis versus non-Russell Group unis, I think Russell Group unis only constitute something like 20% of all unis. So for them to be the majority of, you know, the intake, even though they only constitute 20% of all the universities, it's that bias is there. And as you said earlier, you know, play the game. If you know there's a game, you know, play the game. So going back, I think I would definitely choose that. How about you? Going back, I would have become a professional footballer. (laughs) (laughs) Just before the knee injury. Just before the knee injury. Just before Um, the knee injury, yeah. But no, I think you gave a perfect answer. I think going back in respects, what I would have done, first of all, is do my research Mm. on the type of universities out there. The fact that there are universities outside of the North. Mm. (laughs) Um, I mean, like I said, back then, I didn't even consider London. London was just Mm. the capital. It was an afterthought. It was like, why would I go to London? I have everything here. And if I don't, I can go to the next city or the other city. I do not need to go to London. Um, Mm. But I think what I would have done is I would have, I'm not saying I would have gone to university in London, but I'm saying I would have researched universities in London or on the outskirts yeah. of London um, and just around the I think country. that's trickier even, though for even places like Edinburgh mm. Ed, what's it called Edinburgh is it Edinburgh am I pronouncing it correctly yeah Edinburgh yeah Edinburgh Edinburgh yeah it's Edinburgh, Edinburgh. yeah Scotland Scotland that's it <laughs> <laughs> um, just beyond the wall yeah beyond the wall just places like that um, I would have considered yeah. all those type of things um, yeah. even visited I'm not saying I would have gone to Scotland for a day, but I'm saying mm. places that were close enough, let's say four or five hours, I would have gone and visited. Mm. Why not? Mm. Uh, and I think another, another important consideration, actually, that just came up while you were talking there is, you know, their budget. In the sense of, I think, if you, if you don't live in London and you don't have family in London, so say, for example, you live outside of London, going to a university in London could be quite challenging financially your money would not stretch as far as it does in the north. So that, that is an important consideration to keep in mind. You know, you're paying higher rent. Although you get slightly higher uh, student finance, you're paying, you know, significantly higher rent, significantly higher travel costs. You know, you're paying more to go out. So uh, there's also that factor that I think our listeners should keep in mind, which is, you know, what is my budget while I'm there? And will it be able to stretch for me to live comfortably in this city. Yeah, because you don't want to be eating noodles and beans for, a, for the foreseeable future. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and find yourself someone that could cook. Make friends with people that could cook. <laughs> 100%. But no, it, w- it would be interesting to have our, you know, our, our listeners. What do you think? Do you think someone needs to go to uni to prosper in their career? Or, or alternatively, do you think going to a Russell Group University or, or non-Russell Group University gives you more leverage or mm. do you think nowadays there's not that much difference depending mm. on the universities of course but yeah please send us emails our email will be in the details of this podcast I think we need to create a hashtag on Twitter yes I, I, I agree I, I think agree. we need to create a hashtag I think it's time for a hashtag <laughs> hashtag revolution wow. and, and, and for those who are on twitter it's our twitter's at city social group uh so definitely get in touch with us follow um 
you know, if you if you know any hashtag suggestions that you can let us know of, by all means, feel free to participate. I was I, I was going to say I was going to say hashtag make CT a footballer again. <laughs> I think that's long gone. I think that's long gone. Maybe in an alternate reality. Yeah, true. But I think just just to round up, please, please, before making a decision on whether you want to pursue um, further education or not, do your research. There's Mm. so many resources out there for you to to read to call to email just so Mm. you have enough knowledge before you take that next step so do the research in respect to the degree you want to study whether you even need a degree (laughs) Mm. Uh, ask questions to people around you to people in, in, in in the industry that you want to get into alternatively if you don't think university is for you Ask people who didn't go to university who are now perhaps doing well for themselves or doing a vocational course and they're enjoying mm. Ask those people questions because I'm sure they'll be more than happy to provide answers. And if they're not, then I'm sure you can find somebody else. But I think the bottom line of this episode today is that please do your research because mm. going to university is not a be-all and end-all. Do not come out here and kill yourself. It's not worth mm. it. When I say kill, not in literal sense. I mean, kill yourself in terms of stress and unnecessary work. Yeah, completely agree. And if you have, if any listeners out there have any suggestions for our next topic, do also get in line, uh, in touch with us. Uh, if there's anything you've, you know, you've ever had questions about or you want us to talk about, by all means, do let us know.